It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Hey, everybody. What's going on? Ears up podcast. We're back here in the studio. And we're uh, getting ready to talk, uh, listen to Taryn actually speak on Edison Square. Oh, yes. It's a very exciting show, actually. Yeah, which sounds like a sick burn from like the 1800s, but I don't, I don't know. Well, check out this Edison Square, man. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it, it was a never built. It's one of those, but um, it's pretty. Oh. It's got a. It's got a story behind it, man. It's pretty uh, cool. I was just about to lie and say, you know, I remember being there as a kid, and uh, I'm oh, like, fascinated. Really? No, I'm just okay, kidding. Okay, I was like, wow. No. <laughs> it was a preview that they set up. Yeah, you know, I, you guys maybe don't know about it, but it's it's a thing. It was a thing. Trust me. Just trust me. Right. It was you got miniaturized on that uh, Adventures Through Inner Space thing, and they mm-hmm. let him go through the model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah. took a wrong turn, and they had a... Yeah, whatever, anyway. <laughs> you get the joke. Oh, yes. But yeah, so Edison Square. Okay, History of Edison Square, never before, thi- never before seen, uh, you know, whatever. And then Eric is going to be eating again. Ooh. Oh. So we're oh. talking about yeah. that, too. Eric, hey. what, are, what were you eating on? Um, beer. I love it. Lovely. Hey, you know, we drink beer here. I don't know if you knew that or not. And also, for the um, record, yeah. um, I'm not calling it the history of because it didn't happen. So it's not the history of. It's what is. Oh, that's fair. Okay. Yeah. I think that's very fair. Thank you. Good job, Taryn. Thanks. You know what else is a good job is our new website. If you guys haven't checked that out, please do me a favor. Go over there and let me know. A couple of you have been emailing me or at least uh, you know posting on social media. Uh, there's some mistakes, some like mm-hmm. errors in you know pages or whatever. And I'm like, oh, man, that's so cool. So I went and I go and I fix them right away. So I really do appreciate people going and, and checking out. Hopefully you guys like it. Hope you guys like the new design and the new layout and the new feel and the vibe and stuff like that. We're all about vibes here on the show. Yeah, and, uh, you're like yeah. our beta testers. Yeah, that's right. Something like that. I don't know. This is why you don't ask a man who just had back surgery to fix your web page. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I have been getting some emails. Oh, uh, or not emails? Excuse me, voicemails. Oh, really? Ooh. Have been people people been listening or uh, sending me voicemails? I have not. Out. I don't know. Whatever. Um, I have not yet had a chance to listen to them. So oh. I don't... Are they in a box over there? Yeah, what, what are you, what are you <laughs> doing? Well, I'm looking for my cat because my cat you, has disappeared. How do you not listen to it immediately when you know you got one? Like I'm so confused. I would be so excited to to know what people are. I don't know. Do you want to listen to one? Yes. I'll just download it right now. And we'll play it. Yes. All absolutely. right. Let's see what's going on. Let's see what this is. This one's just entitled Mr. P. Okay. I wonder oh, who oh that's good. from. Yeah. Or maybe it's not. Maybe it's it's All about right. Mr. P. Maybe. This. Hey, yeah, your wife. P. Did. This is P. Oh, it's Linda. Linda, come listen. Wiggy, 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 wiggy. Hey, oh, Spectre's listening. Yeah, it's the P hour. I'm DJ. I'm P. <laughs> wiggy, 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 wiggy. I'm so sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> oh, well, nobody's perfect. Oh, hey there, big boy. Wiggy, wiggy, wiggy. It's P. Wiggy, wiggy. Hey, it's me. Well, that was definitely Mr. P. Okay, that's clearly, clearly Mr. P. Clearly Mr. P. Um, in. Yeah, so you know, already <laughs> off to a great start. <laughs> With this, I'm glad and, you had uh, this service. Yeah, I'm so good. Yeah, I'm so uh, I'm so uh, sure. I did tell Jeremy on the last in depth that uh, I will play most every voicemail that comes through. I promise. So feel free to send me voicemails. Here's another one. <laughs> say my name, say my name when no one is around you. Say, baby, I love you. How would you like it if I came over with my? <laughs> 
Well, well, guess you're gonna have to edit that one out. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, Jeremy. <sighs> he. I mean, got you. He, he got he got himself. I, you know, I personally don't care. I wonder how many martinis he had had when he left that voicemail. Probably a lot because it's not a word that Jeremy uses typically. No, it, it's not a word many people use. Yeah. What's that supposed to mean? All right, here's another one. Here's the last one. That's just. Stop scooping ice. This is like a sample of like Mr. P's stream or something. Because I heard pee in the background. Yeah, I did. I'll scoop some eyes. Oh man! Uh, there you go. Wow. Okay. That's uh, basically all from Jeremy. So uh, you know. Well, at least somebody's having fun with the voicemail. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we need more listeners to <laughs> send us voicemails. At least it's getting used, man. I appreciate yeah. that. So yeah. Anyway, you can leave a voicemail. You can do that on the brand new website. There's a button there somewhere, and it's just use your microphone. You don't call in. You just use your microphone on your phone or your laptop or whatever. And uh, you too can participate in the show, and you know, tell us whatever you give us feedback or commentary, or tell us we're weird or you know, smart, preferably the latter, <laughs> you know, and that'll be good. I love it. And while you're over there, go check out Etsy store. Of course, you have all the shirts, all that kind of stuff. Join us on Patreon. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Help us out, but mainly join us on Patreon. That would be cool. Five bucks a month. I just dropped the secret show a couple days ago. Um, early access got it first, of course, and then I kind of forgot about it for a couple of days, and then uh, everybody else got the uh, the secret show, Bev's last secret show. Oh. Hopefully, oh. not ever. It was a good one, though. Yeah, we it made a, we made uh, Chat GPT come up with a <laughs> a, a drink name for her, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, eventually we had a good time. It was, it was fun. Fun. fun, yeah, fun stuff. So anyway, um, speaking of Bev, I don't know why Terrence is on a Disney cruise right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's going to have to come on and talk about it. That's what I told him. I said, look, well, first of all, I'm sending him a, a, a picture of the brand new Steve Urkel uh, oh. Christmas ornament from Hallmark that's coming out. <laughs> oh, yeah. And everyone's like so excited about the Haunted Mansion one. And I'm looking at Steve <laughs> Urkel going, it's better. Then I do that. <laughs> that's what you want on the yeah. tree. Yeah. yeah. So I send it to Terrence and, uh, you know, he's he, classic Terrence. He's like saying how cool it is and he's being like supportive and nice. But then I go, did the picture even come through? He's like, no, I really don't even know what you're talking about. I'm like, oh, well, then. Why even say anything? Why you, yeah, he's like, oh, cool. All right, great. So I checked it out and uh, I sent it to him. And he's like, oh, yeah, the Wi-Fi here sucks because I'm about to go on a cruise. I'm like, you got to come on the show. Yeah. Don't just tell me about it. You have to be the show when you come back. I'm curious all about it. So yeah, um, even not working for us, he's working he's for us. He's going to have to work I think for that's us. great. We have to force him into it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Eric. Yes. What do you think, man? Um, I'm looking for your music. I Just play something. It's fine. Oh. I won't talk until you do. <laughs> oh. oh, it's the main one. Sure. Isn't it your, uh... Isn't oh, this yeah. your music? Is your music. Oh, that's my music. I didn't write it, but still. No, of course not. No, no. All right, Eric. What's Eric eating again? A friend? Well, did you know that Walt Disney World has a brew pub? Actually, I didn't. I did not know this. Uh, So this is something that 
for a long time, I kept hearing every time I would go to Walt Disney World, somebody different would say, did you know they have a brew pub? (laughs) And it's behind Epcot, but you can't go there from Epcot. You've got to like go there outside Epcot. Really? And it's like, you've got to go there because they have a brew pub. Oh, man. And uh, they do, in fact, have a brew pub that brews beer on site. Okay. They actually brew it on site. Yes. Interesting. Yes. I have a hard time believing that. And that's what's interesting. Uh, The interesting thing is that you have a hard time believing. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, Because it's true. So you should believe it. Okay. There is a brew pub. What's it called? It is called... Big River Grill. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm like, wait, wait, what is it called? Um, but, but yeah, it, it, it's an actual, there's a, there's a functioning brew pub on property. Big River Grill and Brewing Works is the official name. Um, huh. This is, it, it's weird. They have one other location that I believe is in Tennessee. Ah, okay. Because I see you looking it up. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, absolutely. But this place has been there since the 90s. Really? And it shows. Mm. (laughs) Um, Okay. But uh, but yeah, right outside Epcot in on the the Crescent Lake area, meaning the area where we have the uh, Jeremy vaunted Abracadabar outside of the, uh, the there's the Yacht and Beach Club. There's the boardwalk in it, it's a it's a big area that's out the back side of epcot where you have this special entrance and exit called the international gateway multiple hotels great pools great food and one of the places is an independent brew pub that operates on walt disney world property interesting that's super interesting because it's such a we've talked about it a little bit when when the rumors were were hot and heavy with uh Avengers Campus, that there was going to be yeah. a, a, oh, yeah. a brew pub or a brewery. And I'm like, there's literally it, no way. There's no, the infrastructure would be impossible to just, and, you know, crowbar in there. And so I would assume that would be the same. But, uh, you know, maybe it's it's been there for so long that it's or it's, it's off uh, away from everything so much that you, you can sort of deal with the spent grain and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And Big River has been there long enough where they probably called it a microbrewery. In its early mm-hmm. days, Probably. it's funny because I'm on the the uh, Walt Disney World website, and they call it they say this family friendly microbrewery and restaurant. There you go. Oh, so it is. Well, yeah. leave it to Disney to be so unhip to use an out of date <laughs> term like microbrewery. But yeah, it's been operating here for decades at this point. They, like I alluded to, it looks a little out of place sometimes. Some of the the paintings are kind of a pastel, like the sort of the. The sort of paintings you would have found in your your orthodontist's office <laughs> no. when you were oh, a teenager. Man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it does have the the hallmarks of a microbrewery from that time, a, a, a brew pub as we tend to call them now, where it, you can see a, a a a window looking into a small brewery okay. laden with condensation. Because it's Florida and they've got air conditioning running and they're running a very hot and moisture dense machine in the background. Right. Uh, Disney likes to say that you can watch 
a brewmaster in action. I'm looking at the site right now. Okay. Watch the on-site brewmaster craft five specialty beers. I've met the brewmaster there a couple times. Oh, really? All right. Is he a nice uh, guy? Oh, yeah. Very nice guy. And I met some of the other the other people who, some of the other assistant brewers who, who help out. And they're very willing to talk about uh, what they have on tap because it it really, like, as far as the beer is concerned, it changes constantly. Really? They've got a few a few constants that are always there. There's always an IPA. There's always an amber. Uh, they've always got a light beer, but they always have a series. And the last few times I've been there, they've had a few experimental hoppy beers. Hmm. It, it's it's a it's a real brew pub where they they have a paper menu that says here's all the stuff that's up. And I've asked them, okay, what are you putting in here? Oh yeah, well, we're really, really into like mosaic right now a couple of years ago wow so th- they're willing to talk to you about their beers That's and cool. it, yeah it's 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 great and, and it, a lot of the servers are pretty well educated as well and they're actually brewing beer there because some like uh we've all heard of the chain bj's i imagine uh, oh, BJ's, yeah, yeah. whatever some of those bj's locations are just used uh it's not necessarily extract but it's brewed off-site and then they they you know bring it over uh, okay. from another place it's not like that right, like they're right, actually right. Like, have grain there and they're doing the whole like the whole thing it it sure seems like it that i've impresses never seen me. them i've never seen them brewing there because you know they they do most of this stuff in the more brewers tend to work early in the morning when people aren't there watching them scoop like yeah can you imagine somebody just people just watching you do all of that that would be crazy yeah, like yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find photos of the beer. Co- no, there it is, right there. So they, uh, there's their mash tun. I can tell what it is. Uh, there's the the man. Yeah, that's a, a definite mat. Yeah, they're they're brewing on site. Look at that. It looks like it. Yeah, I don't know why I'm so. Like it. I don't know why I'm so impressed by that. I, I mean, feel like it's so easy to not do that. Well, yeah. You know, well, that's that's it. Yeah, yeah. It, it would be very easy for them to because you hear about. Uh, so at Animal Kingdom. At Walt Disney World, they have a a safari amber that's brewed just for them, but it's brewed by AB InBev, and it's probably one of their like amber beers that they, it's like amber bock that they can't sell anywhere else. Mm, <laughs> so okay. they sell it to them. I, I don't know how that works. I should look into that. That's that would be interesting. But it, this place is an independent brewery that makes beer on Disney property. That's, that's cool. cool. Yeah, I think that's great. I'm looking at Beer Advocate. I hate that website, but just I'm curious to see like <laughs> it's a beer rating site, everybody, just so you guys mm-hmm. just so you guys know that. And uh, the ratings are not very friendly. <laughs> they're about they're about mid to high threes. Um, out of five. Okay. So average. Okay. So so most people are saying these are yeah. average beers, but I tend to think that that is more of a reason to go than not a reason to go. If you're like yeah. super into beer, like like me or like Eric or whatever, uh, I would have included you, Taryn, but I don't know. I don't know. That's fine. He's never met her before. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but if you go, you know, you're going on vacation or whatever, you want a safe beer. These are beers brewed to be safe. They're just like mm-hmm. BJ's beers are they're brewed to be safe. Sure. Gordon Biersch. They're brewed to be to be approachable by everybody. So you know, I'm looking at the averages, and at first, it's like, oh my god, they're amber ales at average three point six now, or three point zero six even. But it makes more sense now because it's it's Disney it's Disney food, it's yeah. Disney drinks, right. it's Disney right. cocktails. It's not going to blow you out of the water. It's just going to be good enough, right? And you and think that's it, okay. And you think about the people who are going on that website in particular to 
to vote for these things are mm-hmm. beer drinkers. They're big beer drinkers because normal people aren't yeah. going on that website to no. do that. No, so, no normal people use that website. Right. So yeah. they're they're looking for certain things in beer that I think the the general public probably isn't looking for. It's interesting. They have the, one of their most popular rated beers is a Hefeweizen, which is very hard to make. Then a brown ale, geez, look at this, dude! A brown ale. They got a, an Italian pilsner. Italian. Oh, yeah. I had the Italian pilsner. That was that was pretty solid. Nice. I mean, it, it was pop. It, that was when it was kind of popping a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, their their lagers aren't amazing. I've definitely had better lagers, but it, but still, they're they're making an effort at it, and it it shows that somebody is actually it. making conscious decisions about what they want on the menu and they're doing a good job. Where is really like, where is it? If, if you're in Epcot and you're heading between the UK and France, okay, there's a, there's a little offshoot where you head downhill and you pass underneath the skyliner. And this is the international gateway. It's an entrance and exit from Epcot that is designed or the people who are staying at the Boardwalk Inn and the Yacht and Beach Club. It's also a walkway to Hollywood Studios. You can take a friend hmm. ship. Um, I, I would never do that. I would rather walk no. than take something called a friend ship. No, definitely take the friend ship. No. It's, it's stinky, but you can sit down for a little while and just breathe in that diesel. Love it. And you head out that way and you're, you're in that resort area. It's called the Crescent Lake area. They've got three resort hotels, plenty of food. Jeremy talks about the abracadabra all the time. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. fantastic. It's it's great. It's in that area. But there's, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's all in the same resort area. If you head a little bit further down, just past the main like resort general store where you can okay. buy shirts and cheap beer and well expensive cheap beer <laughs> and oatmeal, you keep going and then there's Big River Grill. It's a great location. You can usually get a good table. You should probably get a reservation. Okay. Um, if you have a, a larger party, but like midday, if you're going there for lunch, you can pop in and sit down at the bar, have a, have a beer, have some nachos, good nachos. It's, it's pub food. It's pub food. But it's, yeah. It's good pub food. Okay. It's not going to blow you out of the water, but well, there, like, there's a reason why pub food is just, is pub food. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's There's, easy. Yeah, it's easy. It's simple. It's, you, you know, it's going to be finger fits. It's going to be nachos. It's going to be fries. Maybe tater tots. Who knows? Meatloaf. There you go. Meatloaf. Get yeah. The meatloaf. A shepherd's pie sometimes. But, but don't get the meatloaf after the nachos because you won't have any room. Mm. You're taking that back to your hotel room and no one eats the meatloaf after they've taken it back to their hotel room. No. Unless you've gone back to Epcot first. Then you <laughs> oh. might eat the meatloaf oh. later. See? Pocket meatloaf. Pocket yeah, meatloaf. And there you go. Pocket meatloaf. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, you'll get through the metal detector probably. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it's a great place. Really, it's kind of a weird atmosphere because, like I said, it it feels a little '90s in there sometimes. It looks '90s, but also deliberately '90s. It's yeah, not. They, it's not like some some things that are just they haven't they haven't touched it with the uh, the refresh brush right. yet. It it's looks very clean. deliberate, very almost like yeah. that that mid '80s Miami pastel vibe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it, it's different from if you're really a stickler for pullets in the boardwalk in resort and they they're they're set in uh, the 
Coney Island 1920s, it, it won't fit there. Okay. None of it will fit there. But it's a nice place. The people who run it aren't Disney. Uh, back when we had Tables in Wonderland, they honored Tables in Wonderland, which was the best discount ever invented. I should do a, a segment on Tables in Wonderland RIP someday. Yeah. Um, do you know about that? I have no idea. Mm-mm. It was 20% off of food and liquor. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty they good, man. Liquor. That's amazing. It, one of the bartenders at Big River Grill once said to me, oh, you have the magic booze card. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yes, that, that is what I will call it from now on. <laughs> and it was a Walt Disney World um, invention that I doubt will ever come back. Ever. But it was amazing. But yeah, it, it's, it's a nice place. It generally isn't the busiest because it's in this area outside of the park that we all know is filled with food and drinks. Right. So why would you leave that park to go? Right. But if you want a beer that was brewed like that week. Yeah, that's kind of fun. People exactly. like us would go there. And you should. People talk to me about it for years. Every time I went, somebody, like I said at the beginning, somebody different would say, did you know they have a brew pub there? <laughs> and I never I never went until I stayed at Boardwalk Inn. And now I go there almost every trip. Oh, they have oh. one in Chattanooga. It's near where my friends live. Okay, I, that's that's what I was thinking. It, it is a Tennessee associated brewery. I really wish I knew the story there. How did they, a Tennessee brewery, get involved with Walt Disney World? Yeah, me too. That's and, interesting. And I, yeah, I'm digging into it because just as a beer guy, I'm curious to see who owns what because you know Anheuser Busch owns a lot of breweries, more breweries than people think. So yeah, I'm just curious. I that's, I'm, so, yeah. I'm I'm just you know interested, but that's you know nobody wants to hear me do research on the internet. <laughs> Right. Well, Not I want to hear the time. result of your research. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's uh, you know that's a different story. Um, anything else of of note, Eric? Uh, let's say they're at the park. Say they're at Epcot and they want to get a reservation on a whim, but they don't want to mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. on the phone. They don't want to well, sit and hold on hold. How do you? How would you do that? Would you call somebody? Well, you could call. You could call your friendly uh, concierge. Whoa! Perfect. Oh, there we oh, go. Good set. Sorry, was there. that a segue? I apologize. Well, now oh. that we're into one, why don't we just talk about it? Oh, why not? Uh, you go to. Con- oh, you want me to talk? <laughs> you about go to concierge. dot com. Oh. Man, we got to go. We got to <laughs> we got to ramp it up a little bit. Oh, the people are losing interest. You go to concierge. dot com, and you too can book a hotel. Or a hotel, a room, a room, a table. At the Big River Brewing in uh, in in Walt Disney World, they will definitely hook you up as long as, uh, well, not as long as, but as as well as buying your tickets, doing your air flight, doing your transportation, doing all that fun stuff that you don't want to do. The literal worst part of planning a vacation is actually doing the things. The fun yeah. part is going, where do you want to go? Yeah. We should go here. We should go here. And imagining yourself getting sunstroke as you walk around Epcot because they have no shade. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Right. That's what you want to do. The actual boots on the ground stuff. Leave that up to concierge. Go to concierge.com. Tell them that you want a table at the Big River Brewing uh, right underneath the mash tun. And they'll go like, <laughs> why? I don't understand. And then you go, I don't know. Yeah, Just give most, me Jimmy. I don't them, know. It, Jimmy works there. He, he, he's he been yeah. to breweries before. Yeah, There you go. He knows what a mash tun is. Yeah. Um, but anything else you want to, anything of note you want to drop before we, uh, before we flip segments? Uh, seriously, the meatloaf is, <laughs> is solid. Okay. All right. Don't get it after the nachos, but it's good. That, well, yeah, there have been times where I've eaten too much food there. Yeah, 
Uh, again, it, it's not the most amazing dining location on the planet, but the food is good. I feel like you have enough of those places in Disney World where you don't need every place to be high dining um, or, you know, gastro pub. I'm so glad the gastro pub thing died out. That was just micro, <laughs> like molecular gastronomy for bar food is inherently stupid. I don't like it. I'm glad it's gone. Talking about foams, giving me foams and stuff oh, on nachos. Foam. Like, no, dude, I <laughs> there, don't don't want it. I'm glad it's gone. It's gone. Nobody does it anymore. Yeah, there's no foam here, but you can get a you can get a a, a burger with blue cheese on it that they call the black and blue. Like you can get burgers here, you can get fish here. It, you can get a, a cob salad. Cob salads are salad. always the way to go. Cob salad oh, and oh, nice absolutely. dark beer. That's a good that's a good thing to I eat at a brewery. I would never order that. Oh yeah. Really? I would never oh. order that. No. I yeah. always order a cob salad. Really? Eric and I are, are oh, men of the road. Oh, there we, go. we know. Yeah. You know? Men of the road. Yeah. When you when you travel, cob salad. Because sometimes especially for me, going to beer events and stuff, I would try to get a cob like cob salad's the cob salad. You gotta, you gotta do it. That's the only salad you should really be getting. But when you're on the road doing beer events, it's sometimes the only vegetables you see for seven days because mm, okay. you're either eating at the airport, eating at the hotel, or eating at the bar. I see. So if you see a Cobb salad on the menu and it's day four, and you're like, I need something that doesn't look uh, black and blue and charred. Gotcha. I, or yeah, a French At least fry. you'll have a lettuce, even if it's iceberg. It's yes. lettuce. One lettuce. You'll get some avocados on there, some tomatoes, probably, let's hope. Uh, you'll get all of that on the Brewer's Cub at Big go. River Ugh. Grill and Brewery. Dan is in the chat, and he says, uh, this is a very important question. Ketchup or gravy on your meatloaf? Oh. Ooh. And um, I, I, here's my opinion. You guys think about it. It depends on how it's served. If it's I a meatloaf guess, yeah. sandwich, it's ketchup. If it's meatloaf with mashed potatoes, it's gravy. I don't oh, think he's sure. asking what you eat it with. I think he's oh. asking what it's how it's made. Is it made with ketchup? Because... You make meatloaf it, with gravy? It, the, I have never heard of that, but I, you do make meatloaf with ketchup. When I do my final pass on most meatloafs, I'll put a, a little brush of uh, either either barbecue sauce or ketchup on the top. Yeah, for the yeah. last couple minutes that it's in the grill, because I do it on the on on my my grill. So, w- if you had to guess, the one at the brewery, do you think that one has ketchup in it? Oh, that, that's a ketchup base for okay. sure. Yeah, yeah. Look at us, the Meatloaf Podcast. I think most are. Bev leaves and we start talking about food finally. I know. (laughs) All right, Eric. Next next week, uh, Meatloaf at uh, Smoke Jumper's Grill. (laughs) Will they ever have it? All right, very good, Eric. It sounds like a delicious place. I didn't know about it, so I'm curious uh, if we ever get back there. I will definitely go there and have some some pints. When we get back there. Yeah. When we get there. Oh, and they're there. Imperial Pints, by the way. They have good. Oh yeah. Man, I'm so tired of like the uh the old school, you know, sixteen ounce iced tea shaker glass, you know, as like the <laughs> pint glass for the bars. Right. Like just give me the the fl- the nonic like this, you know, kind of a thing. Oh uh, yeah. Make yeah. it a make it a pint. They know you're on vacation. There you go. Let's get a couple more ounces out of that. Yeah. Let's do that. All right, Taryn, why don't we dig into a little bit of uh, Edison Land or whatever it's called. What's it called? Edison Square. Edison Square. Tell me all about it. All right. It sounds boring. I know. Yeah. It's not It's not as boring as you think. Good. Or at least the story's not. Okay, well, that's good. The attraction probably would have been. <laughs> all right, but let's get into it. Well, that's what I mean, right? It's like 
Edison. Instantly, I think of stuffy school, you know, mm-hmm. history, boring. Wait till you find out where. A lot of wood, black and white pictures and like just boring stuff. I don't know. I don't know about that, but. That's what I think of. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be wrong about it. Let's go. Gotcha. Okay. Well, even in the earliest conceptions of Disneyland, Walt always envisioned it expanding and growing with added attractions, shows, lands, and other forms of entertainment. New Orleans Square, for example, didn't exist in 1955 when the park opened, but once it was built, it became one of the most popular lands in the park. Now, not every expansion idea has a happy ending, however. Throughout our history episodes, there seems to be a running theme when it comes to building Disneyland. Things don't always go according to plan. For instance, if everything went according to Walt's original plan, many of our favorite rides at Disneyland, including the Haunted Mansion, wouldn't be rides at all, right? They'd be walkthroughs. So imagine standing in line to walk more. Sounds great to me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Luckily for us and our feet, Walt and his Imagineers hit several roadblocks when designing Haunted Mansion, but these delays and hurdles that they experienced eventually led to a far more exciting and innovative attraction. Now, there are far more examples of this kind of thing when looking at the history of Disneyland, but today I want to talk about one of these examples that I find especially interesting because not only did it never get built, but the fact that it was never built led to another attraction that otherwise may not have ever even been thought of. Whoa. Today, I'm going to answer the question, what is Edison Square and why wasn't it built? Those are two questions. Yeah. It was an and. But there was like a comma. Oh, it was like a comma. It was was an and. It's a connection connection question. That means it was. All right, that's fine. Two-parter question. It's a two-parter question. There you go. Shut up. (laughs) In 1956, a year after its opening, Walt started talking about expanding Disneyland Park. While he was ready to build out New Orleans Square, he was also developing plans to join Main Street with a connecting road that would create a new area called Liberty Street. This new land would be located in the area between Main Street and Tomorrowland. And this kind of started, this would have started like where the Mad Hatter um, store is today. So. Oh, okay. That's okay. where the that's where Liberty Street would have started. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then it it kind of, if you don't know this, like behind all those shops, there's this kind of open space. So that would have been a whole street that would have ended up landing out by where the Photoshop is and the Baby Center today. This new land would be made up of two distinct areas. The first area would showcase Revolutionary War era architecture, and its main attraction would be the Hall of Presidents. The second area would be called Edison Square and would highlight Thomas Edison's career and invention of the light bulb, complete with a statue at the center of the square of Thomas Edison himself. Now, look, electricity is cool, but I mean, there's no gravity land or communication land. So why an entire area of the park devoted to electricity? Money. That's why. In 1956, after seeing the success Disneyland was having, General Electric, GE, approached Disney about sponsoring an attraction. Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. Disney was all for it, of course, money, and uh, (laughs) got his team to work on developing some kind of attraction based upon electricity. Imagineer John Hench, best known at the time for designing Tomorrowland and Adventureland, and later, of course, for designing Space Mountain, had recently seen the play Our Town. 
by Thornton Wilder about a fictional town and family that spans 12 years from 1901 to 1913. I played Doc Gibbs in our town. Whoa. So let me begin um, at the start of the story. Let me be Gibbs. <laughs> Whoa. What do you think about what oh. I did there, everybody? Very good. Thank and you. Thank you. Yeah, I had to watch my family die, okay? It was a very <laughs> emotional play. Yeah. And uh, the matinee shows were t- particularly horrendous. Yes, yeah, a very dramatic play. All right. I'm not familiar, but that's all right. Uh, so... He told Walt it won a Pulitzer Prize. Ooh, that play. Well, yes, there you my go. performance. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. Eric's> performance. <laughs> um, I remember reading it once and being bored out of my mind. But yeah, plays generally yeah. are boring. Yeah, they are. I've been in lots of them, and I love being in them. I just can't stand watching them. Anyway, yes, he... be in them, everybody. Don't watch plays. <laughs> yes, that's right. Them. Yes, because <laughs> actors love nothing more than performing in front of an empty house. Yep, that's yeah. the best. Yeah. <laughs> the the assistant director is like, yes. Very good. You all met your marks. Yeah, I'll be here for the five o'clock show. One, everybody. (laughs) So John Hench saw Our Town, and he told Walt about it. And Walt evidently ended up seeing it three times after that. So the play itself encompassed the feeling that Walt wanted for this area, a visual representation of how far we've come as a nation. And in this case, with respect to electricity. In early 1957, so a year later, Disney started announcing the park's future expansions, and this included New Orleans Square, Liberty Street, and Edison Square. Now, this was, like, actually announced in newspapers. Like, this was happening. In fact, souvenir maps at the time even included Edison Square and Liberty Street, even though they didn't yet exist. So it's still – Disney is basically doing the same thing still. They announce a bunch of stuff, but at least they don't put it on maps anymore. Yeah. Like, oh, you're going to get this, and we're going to get this, like Star Wars Land. You're going to get this whole interactive thing. They've always done it. Guess what? We're not going to actually do that. Yeah. We're going to do something way less. Interesting. All right. So according to the map, and we kind of already talked about this, but Edison Street would be located just at the end of Main Street, about where the Baby Center is located today behind the Photoshop. And when a guest turned off Main Street and onto Edison Square, they would suddenly be dropped into a more modern city cul-de-sac. The building's architecture would take inspiration from popular cities at the time, the Brownstones of New York, the Victorians of San Francisco, and the Greystones of Chicago, for example. The vehicles in Edison Square would also distinguish themselves from Main Street as they would be more modern motor cars as opposed to horse-drawn carriages. To further differentiate this area from Main Street, even the lighting would be different. Rather than the gaslit lamps on Main Street, Edison Square would, of course, have electric street lamps. Edison Square itself wouldn't have many shops or attractions, but the focal point at the center of the cul-de-sac would be a large statue of Thomas Edison, with the main attraction being a presentation called Harnessing the Lightning. Okay. Yeah. All right. See, everyone thinks Metallica was so smart with Ride the Lightning. No. It was Harness the Lightning on Disney. Harness That's what lightning. it was. Yeah. And right. then you can ride it. Yes. Yeah. Right. You got to harness before you ride. Okay. Right. Harness the Lightning. Yes. Okay. You know what? I'm sorry. Give me one second because Uh-oh. I'm now second guessing myself. Uh-oh. We're fact checking in real time, <laughs> folks. Uh-oh. I love this. We are. But I, I know I already checked this, but I can't go through this. My thing's not typing. 
she's checking to see if it wasn't in fact um smack the lightning yes kiss the lightning i can't type okay i'll check on my phone yeah, yeah i can still the lightning i can i, can I just need look. to make sure I it's not harnessing the light all right don't yell at me harnessing light for nanotechnologies Harnessing oh. light, capitalizing on optical science That's trends. 1957. No. There you go. <laughs> I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah, I don't know. I still think it sounds real boring. And I wonder why if the, I mean, I, I don't know clearly, but like, I wonder why, I wonder if that's maybe why some of this wasn't actually done. Wasn't Liberty Square not done from like a spacing thing? I forget why. We did a whole show on it, but I forget why it actually never came to fruition in Disneyland. But we, we talked about it before, so I'm trying to remember why. I, it sounds like you'll get to it too. But Sort of. Do you remember why, Eric? <laughs> this is the hard part about being super smart. We know too yeah, much. Well, Edison, like Edison Square and Liberty Street kind of fall into the same spot in my brain. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know that I've I've ever really separated them okay. properly. That's fair. Uh, maybe I should listen to that episode of uh, the Supreme Resort where uh, a, a super smart guy named Jason was on as the judge. But he made a poor decision and said that uh, <laughs> New Orleans Square was better. It is. It will always be better, uh, except now. Now it's ruined with all the Princess and the Frog nonsense. Put oh, well. Okay. Relitigating. It is lightning. Oh, okay. Great. Harness the lightning. Harness. Harnessing the lightning. Harnessing the it's lightning. It's an awful name, which is also Oof. why I needed to double check because. Absolutely. It, if anything, it should be harnessing the lighting. Or I, I don't know, but harness the light. I like that. Harness the light. Anything but harnessing right. the lightning. But too that's much right. ing. Yeah, too yes. much too much inging going on. But that's what it is. L i g h t n i g n. Okay. All right, got it. So we're back. We're back now, baby. Harnessing the lightning was designed to be almost like an immersive theater play. Everyone's favorite thing. <sighs> uh, it was a four act show. That covered time periods from before electricity to modern day usage of electricity. The narrator, a pre-animatronic, what they called electromechanical personality, <laughs> which I'm not going to lie, I think I like better than animatronic. Electromechanical. <laughs> I kind of yeah. like it more. <laughs> you know what? An EMP. Yeah, you put an acronym on it. I love it now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine being a little a little insufferable kid like we all were instead of saying, oh, they're not robots, they're uh, audio <laughs> animatronics? Yeah. Uh, actually, okay. please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this electromechanical personality was named. <laughs> I don't think I like it. Wilbur K. Watt. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> and he would take us through the history of electricity by introducing the four separate stages, showcasing important moments in electrical history. Now think, of course, our town, but with a focus on electricity. This attraction was a walkthrough and would start with a prologue because four acts wasn't enough. So this prologue was a series of dioramas located in the lobby area, highlighting the most important moments of Thomas Edison's career. This area would set the tone for the whole show. Audience members could wander around at their leisure, viewing the five dioramas taking place around 1878, so pre-electricity, and would utilize specialized lighting and animated effects to help the dioramas come alive. After the prologue, guests would enter the first theater for Act 1. Now, Act 1 will take place in 1898. Again, before electricity. And this act is mostly to introduce the main characters, a quote-unquote typical American family. The characters, much like Wilbur K. Watt, will be electromechanical personalities, meaning that they can move and talk and will truly act out the play. 
Act one will spotlight the era's modern conveniences. And that is definitely in quotes. We're talking <laughs> the newest icebox, a new stove model, or get this, the, hi- the newest high speed washer in which you can do an entire wash in four to five hours. Wow. Saving me more time to get cholera. I love that. And that, that was coal powered icebox. <laughs> well, and, and, and truly, the 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 selling point on that is that in, it only takes four to five hours. It doesn't take you all day to do your laundry. Yeah, exactly. Well, diphtheria is a real energy drain <laughs> on you, so you gotta, you know. Now let's remember that this is pre electricity, at least like at the home level, right? Um, and so this show is sponsored by GE. So while they're showing off innovative household gadgets, they're also pushing the agenda that before electricity, times were tough. The agenda. <laughs> yeah, it's just fact. Well, that's true. <laughs> the, the electrical agenda. <laughs> I mean, that's my writing. That's not like... Oh, I love the electrical agenda. (laughs) Are you okay? No. (laughs) Shall I continue? Yes. Called Big Electric from now on. (laughs) Especially in the the late 1800s. It's all run by Big Electric, you see? Yeah, see? Go ahead, Terrence. The specially curated music will then increase in tempo as guests are invited into the second theater. Now, Act 2 takes place in post-war 1918, and this is an introduction to electricity and a demonstration of the way electricity worked in the early days. So, while this act will begin to showcase all of GE's latest, at the time, household gadgets, lighting, refrigerators, toasters, stoves, water heaters, etc., this quote-unquote up-to-date home is also a jungle of wires. So it's also, we're, we're not quite there yet, right? Nearing the end of the act, the family listens to a radio as Wilbur K. Watts makes a prediction that the radio sounds so real and almost imagines sound becoming sight. (laughs) All of this is starting to uh, starting to sound very familiar. Yes, it is. What a weird what a weird what what does it sound like? Because to me, it just it's like word salad. almost Sound becoming sight. Well, you'll find out. You'll get there. Okay. All right. This is where we move into Act Three. I just don't like that you and Eric well, understand something and I don't. I'm not going to. Oh give, no! I'm not going to give away the ending. So, <laughs> this is where we move into Act Three. When the audience enters this theater, the music tells us that we are now in current day, 1958. Mm. Unsurprisingly, Mr. Watts' prediction from 40 years ago came true, and this modern family's children are casually watching the Mickey Mouse Club on TV. This American family is also enjoying the comforts of their combination family room and patio. This is my favorite part of this entire episode. Outside, it's snowing, but they'd never know because their heat and climate control shields them completely from the weather outside while they swim and bask in the general electric sunshine. Oh, harness the power of the sun. Yeah, it's snowing outside and they're swimming. Like, what family is this? Generation after generation can have cancer that we don't even know about. But you can swim. They're not going to get cancer because they're not actually outside. You don't know that because you are not a (laughs) GE scientist. Yes, a GE, we don't care how we get there. We just care that we get there. (laughs) 
Uh, what form of radiation are you using on everybody in this latest test, uh, sir? We don't care. Well, it gets better. I'm from five different regions simultaneously. <laughs> My accent is bizarre and fluid, quite like general electric electricity. It also just keeps going. Just like general... <laughs> no, now you're becoming Stavros. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile... Well, yeah. I guess the children are swimming indoors while it's snowing outside. And getting cancer. Mom keeps tabs on the kids by watching a scanner, allowing her to see into every room of the house, and she doesn't even have to worry about dinner because it's cooking on its own in her automatic equipment, which I imagine is a slow cooker? Yeah, or an oven. A scanner is just radar. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bing! Oh, Jimmy's and, on the move again. Bing! Well, bing. And this is supposedly supposed to be current day for them so like did they have indoor pools at that time like the whole thing is very weird yeah i mean indoor pools i think are a thing in like you know florida for a long time i don't think they're like relatively that new Hmm. uh but where it snows having an indoor pool i don't know about that maybe i don't know who knows and just when it seems that life in 1958 couldn't get any better the audience moves on to act four okay now this is probably the most exciting of all Act four takes place in 19 blank eight. We're now in the future. Blank eight? Yes. That's the important number. The exact (laughs) date is unknown. The third number kind of like means a lot right now. It doesn't. Not here. Okay. We don't know what day it is, but it is still the 20th century. Okay. Um, The exact date is unknown, but we are in a penthouse overlooking New York City. There we go. And somehow there are stars both above us and stars below us. In Act 4, guests are invited to come on stage and explore the predicted gadgets of the future, okay. including mom's automated moms. First of all, everything is mom is doing everything. But anyway. Well, yeah, for sure. Why should why should the best part about human evolution change just because we move forward X amount of decades? Yeah. Right. Uh, so this includes mom's automated controlled kitchen. Here she programs her entire week of cooking. And at the the press of a button, all of her meals for the week are completed with proper diet and calorie content included for each member of the family. Just the the way it's fascinating. It will never stop fascinating me. Like the way in which we missed the mark on the future in the 50s and 60s. (laughs) It is just incredibly (laughs) odd that these people thought you could literally – and this is not the first automated kitchen thing I've, I've seen. Like there were people you know, doing like little short student films or, you know, uh, not student films, but shorts for, uh, you know, showing at uh, high schools or before movies or whatever that would showcase the kitchen of the future. And it looked very much like this, you know, the push button mm-hmm. age. You push this button and you do this thing and the whole thing flips over and your oven cleans it. And the the fact that just none of that <laughs> ever happened is, is will never be lost on me. It's just, yeah. We really missed the mark, but, you know, we can gamble on our phones now from anywhere in the world. And that's some sort of consolation. But you can also download an app 65 to 70 years later that helps you do meal prepping. That's true. It's true. Yeah. It's a far cry from uh, programming a week's worth of cooking and have it all be done. Yeah, you do have to uh, spend several hours putting everything into small containers (laughs) so that in the morning you go... I don't want to take that to work. I'm yeah. just going to get another bag of chips. Yeah. I just, I don't know, man. We were very, uh, very hopeful. And I think that's why a lot of people have nostalgia for the 50s. 
in 60s because there was a lot of <laughs> hope and potential for the future because a lot of these new technologies were sort of you know, starting to become uh, cheaper and easier to put into the home. And so, well, we could do all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and none of it happened. Well, then mom looks into an electronically controlled scanner, of course. And again, at the push of a button, the bedroom is cleaned automatically. <laughs> I don't know You just how. have a big giant just... vacuum yeah. uh, in the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. So you have to nail everything down. Yeah, it just sucks it up <laughs> with the power of two turbine engines. Yeah. All I... the dust and half the carpet goes with it. But that's Basically, okay. yeah. And it goes out the top. So it always looks like it's snowing. Yeah, yeah, that's why it was snowing. Yeah, but it's just dirt. Yeah. And grime and (laughs) dead skin cells. So up above. Oh, no, honey, Jimmy is in the the room that's being cleaned. (laughs) Oh, Jimmy. (laughs) He's sprayed across half half the neighborhood. It's the future. We can have a child in three months these days. Yeah. We'll just make another. Yeah. No egg needed. Honey, get Jimmy's finger. Sorry. Go ahead. So up above, through the sky view, spaceships pass over, racing across the nighttime sky. And the fourth act ends with Wilbur K. Watt landing his spaceship on planet Venus. (laughs) Sure. But this is of no event to anyone in the household because it's commonplace in 19 blank (laughs) 8. This is where Wilbur K. Watt reminds us that Progress is our most important product, which just happens to be GE's slogan at the time. Oh. (laughs) So this project was ambitious and expensive. And when Disney approached GE with the proposal, GE gasped. They thought it sounded amazing, but they were hesitant to make such a large investment amount on an attraction. They didn't pull out, but they did start to drag their feet a bit, delaying the project some while Disney Imagineers tried to find ways to reduce costs. This delay was somewhat serendipitous for Disney, because during this time, while Imagineers were still trying to make Edison Square work, General Electric found themselves at the center of a major scandal. Uh Uh-oh. In 1960, the primary way that U.S. electricity companies produced electricity was with the use of turbine generators. Now, a turbine generator uses moving fluid, water, steam, combustion gases, or air to push a series of blades mounted on a rotor shaft. Sure. The force of the fluid on the blades spins the rotor shaft and in turn converts the kinetic energy of the rotor into electric energy. Well, duh. I didn't know you were going to talk down to us. I mean, <laughs> this come is on. How- Challenge us a little bit. What's going on? So this is how energy was made at the time and still. The three most prominent U.S. electricity companies at the time, General Electric, Westinghouse, and Alice Chalmers, conspired together to control the turbine generator industry by price fixing. The corporate world was shaken in 1960 by the indictment of GE, Westinghouse, and Alice Chalmers, some of their top officials, and a number of smaller companies for having fixed prices among themselves in order to control the $400 million a year turbine generator industry. The companies were accused of agreeing among themselves which of them would submit the low bid on a job. Now, before these indictments mm. were brought by the government, the Tennessee Valley Authority, the TVA, had awarded a big turbo generator job to a British firm because its bid was so much lower than the one submitted by GE, which was... And that bid was in agreement with the other participants in the scheme. 
Oh, interesting. When I the, love a good oh. price-fixing scheme. <laughs> when the companies complained that foreign firms were being favored over domestic manufacturers, so they're whining, TVA revealed how much lower the foreign bids had been for a number of years. <laughs> a congressional investigation uncovered the scheme, which had been costing the consumers of electricity huge sums of money by raising the cost of power-producing equipment. Besides TVA, all public utility companies and municipal power systems had been victimized. By making it more costly to produce electricity and driving orders overseas, this scheme not only hurt other corporations, but also U.S. workers and cost many people their jobs. Yeah, it's weird how, uh, you know, the CEOs are just chasing profit no matter what. Then they, they encourage foreign markets to enter our market. And then they complain about how much cheaper they are and they can't compete. And then they either go out of business or give themselves raises and then move out of the country. It's weird how that works. Constantly. Decade after decade after decade. It's almost like chasing profits at the highest corporate level is probably bad for business long term. I think. I don't know. We haven't gotten that far yet. We'll see. Are you saying rich people are smarter than us? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Okay. It's just, it's it's almost, I don't know, man. It just feels almost like uh, CEOs shouldn't get paid that much and they should really invest in the workforce rather than the uh, profits of the company and making the profits go up because eventually things go away. And you get caught. And you get caught. If you're scheming. Yeah. So GE alone was fined half a million dollars. Wow, nothing. Plus $50 million <laughs> in damages. Ah, there you go. Three GE company employees served jail time. <laughs> oh, there we go. While many others actually fled the country to avoid punishment. Oh, my God. These days they would get a friggin' podcast deal. This was the biggest <laughs> antitrust case in U.S. history. Wow. Well, good for us. Good for the legal system. We finally got one. <laughs> we got one. We pulled yeah. it off. Yeah. Disney was able to avoid being connected to the scandal since Edison Square was still in Imagineers' hands and hadn't been totally greenlit yet. So for obvious reasons, Imagineers ceased working with GE on Edison Square and focused their energy, pun intended, mm -hmm. elsewhere. After the dust from the scandal began to settle a few years later, GE approached Disney in 1963. In an effort to reestablish a positive reputation, they wanted to collaborate with Disney at the, World, the World's Fair in New York. Disney agreed... And they used the harnessing the lightning concepts for a standalone attraction called Progress Land. The main attraction in Progress Land was set to be very similar to harnessing the lightning, mm -hmm. except instead of a walkthrough, it was going to be showcased via a round revolving theater. There we go. I think he caught up, Eric. Yeah, I caught okay. up, Eric. <laughs> yeah, we did it first. Yeah. So also, both of you can go harness lightning <laughs> in a bathtub. So It'd be the, great if I just, like, sped out of the room <laughs> on a bolt of lightning. <laughs> I'm out! So this revolving theater where audience members... I, I love audience members. Audience members <laughs> yeah. could remain um, where they were while the stage slowly turned, revealing the various acts. If this sounds familiar, that's because it is. This show, which took you through the history and future of technology, was The Carousel of Progress. Now, it quickly became one of the most popular exhibits at the fair. So in 1967, Walt brought it to Disneyland. And in 1975, Magic Kingdom received it as well. 
This idea, however, of showcasing the past, present, and future of industry also played a major role in the entire inspiration for Walt's original vision of Epcot. So, even though Edison Square and Harnessing the Lightning were never actually built, without the concepts and ideas behind it, and if GE had never approached Disney with the idea to sponsor something like this, it's possible that Epcot could have never even happened. In the same way that Thomas Edison went through many ideas and experiments to finally develop a light bulb, Disney Imagineers go through many ideas and creative development before anything actually hits the parks and Often, the original ideas don't actually come to fruition, but instead become the jumping off point of something bigger and better. So if there's a life lesson in here anywhere, it's that ideas, big, small, awful, or great, often lead somewhere, even if it's not where you expect. Oh, very good, Taryn. Very good. And Dan- the carousel of progress <clears throat> remains the, the highest rated and most attended attraction at Walt Disney World today. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Dan's in the chat, of course, and he says, if it sounds familiar, it's because you listened to one of TSR's least listened to episodes. <laughs> That's funny. Which I can imagine. I responded, second least. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> What's the least? The least was our uh, our our tribute to America. <laughs> wow, what a bunch of unpatriotic <laughs> listeners we have. That's rude. Yeah. Uh, very good very Taryn. In... i think that's cool i think it's neat i'm glad it yeah. wasn't built because it sounds like a boring oh god awful sounds terrible it sounds like actually like when i was going through and finding all the details i was like this actually yeah. sounds cool but also like i i don't want to watch it but like right it for me it, it's <laughs> like the hall of or the great moments with mr lincoln yes. it sounds cool and it's good from an environment standpoint because it's really nicely done in there it's cool and it's cool Air and you can sit right yeah. but the content is absolutely boring <laughs> so boring i, I would rather I like the part where you could walk into it though yes at the that's end. pretty cool well, and well, oh yeah well, i'll, I'll they, walk into the into the edison thing yeah yeah but okay. you know what that yeah. ended up becoming was innovations yeah that's that's what i was uh, thinking in the beginning i was like oh okay this just sounds like an invention yeah innoventions yeah, yeah or the house of tomorrow or the yeah, bathroom of yesterday or whatever house of tomorrow yeah but that was in innovation sure man yeah or whatever something like that (laughs) what am i a disney historian no no yeah literally not don't even try to be uh very cool all right we're gonna take a break we're gonna come back i got a little bit of disney news some stuff to cover there's a couple trailers that have dropped and i want to share those with you guys uh one of them is the new muppets show the muppets tv show oh i'm very i wasn't gonna do any news i was like oh i'm just gonna leave or whatever but then i saw in the news that like the uh, the Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem show got a trailer, and I'm like, I'm watching this, and I uh, want everybody to know that I like things every once in a while. <laughs> oh. So we're going to take a real fast break. We're going to come back. Here. We're going to wrap up with some Disney news here on Ears Up. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And now, back to the show that's more fun than waiting in line for Peter Pan on a hot August Anaheim day. Ears Up. That's right, everybody. I agree. And before we get into the Disney news, I want to remind you guys that summer is right around the corner, and our friends at the 21st Amendment are celebrating the return of the warmer days with their popular and everyone's favorite seasonal beer, Hell or High Watermelon Wheat. The brewers at the 21st Amendment brew an American wheat beer with real watermelon juice, creating a refreshingly fruity and quenching beer, or what they affectionately call summer in a can. That's right cans. 
Hell or High Watermelon Wheat will make any weekend barbecue or beach time activity that much better. When visiting the California Bay Area, be sure and stop in at the 21st Amendment's San Francisco Brew Pub at 563 2nd Street, just two blocks from where baseball is played. And also be sure and visit their brewery taproom just across the bay in San Leandro with an outdoor beer garden. So check them out. Go to 21st-amendment.com and get all their information and find out where you can find beer near you. It's worth it. I promise. And that Hell or High Watermelon Wheat is good. I don't really like wheat beers or fruited wheat beers because they can be too, <laughs> they can be too like on the fruit side and it's too sweet and too fake tasting. Uh, I, yeah. I've been traumatized in like the late 90s, early 2000s brew pub of like, here's an American wheat beer or like by Pyramid, you know, where it's like, oh, we're going to yeah. dump a ton of apricot in this not really tasting like a wheat beer, wheat beer. And you're going to love it. And people did, but I couldn't. I kind of liked it. Yeah, I couldn't do it. <laughs> but this is not that. If you like wheat beer, it has actually like the wheat beer taste as a wheat beer flavor. It's an American wheat beer. It's not like a German Hefeweizen or whatever. But that watermelon is such a good addition, and they do it so well. It's just, it has you coming back for more. It's it's too good, as a matter of fact. So yeah. it's a beer and not a malt beverage. Yes, yes basically. You want to set your expectations here. And it, yeah. it, it goes down real easy on a hot day, a hot really summer does, day. man. All right, let's do a little bit of this. March in the past, present, and future with all the news that's fit to cover. It's the Ears Up Disney News. They finally announced a date to close Splash Mountain in Disneyland. The, uh, the date was, has already come and gone in Disney World, already uh, you know, redoing the outside of... Uh, of uh, Splash Mountain for Tiana's, you know, Bayou Adventure or whatever it's called. Uh, but in Disneyland, they officially close Splash Mountain next month. Mm. May 31st, everybody. It's been announced finally. And so you have just over a month to get in uh, one last run through Splash Mountain. You know, before it gets warm out. Before, Yeah, before it gets warm out. <laughs> because keep in mind, remember, the ride will be the same. The ride will not really be changed. It's just the garbage you look at that's all it's still gonna be a fun ride it's gonna be a great ride you're still gonna get wet at the end it's still gonna have the big drop everything everything that you love about that ride will be the exact same it's just all the stuff you look at in here it's different that's all do you think mama Odie will laugh at you in the middle in that that little dip where all the water just goes over the side of, oh that's of the, the worst part. <laughs> God. i sure hope so man i just hate that ride I really do. I don't like it. It's it's scary. You end up soaked like massive. It's just not worth it. Nothing about that ride is worth it. <laughs> have you have you ridden it at Walt Disney World? No, I haven't. Yeah, we it's, didn't ride it then, did we? Because we've been on. Because I don't even like it. Well, it's true. You can get you can get wet, but you're sitting next to each other, uh, so it's a it, oh, because it's, it's a, a two a oh yeah. You can fit six people. Is it six or eight? Uh, but you're you're sitting next to each other, and um, you get wet. If you if you listen back to our episode on it, Dan will argue very heartily that mm. it's not a log because you can you can't sit next to a person on a log. But uh, but mean, yeah, you get wet. But I've never gotten so wet on a water ride as I have at Splash Mountain in Disneyland. It never. can be it can be miserable. <laughs> yeah, it can yeah. for sure. It can yeah, actually yeah, ruin sure. your day, and I'm just not willing to take that chance. Well, it, yeah, it, it's a gamble. It's what it is. It's a gamble, especially those like weird Anaheim nights that's like 65 or 68 oh, outside, no. and it's like yeah. 8 o'clock, and like, oh, I really want to go because it's sort of warm enough to warrant going on a log ride, and I just think it's cool. I haven't been in a couple years, whatever, 
but you could get either lightly spritzed in the face mm-hmm. or you can get a soaker. You can get your entire foot and leg wet and then you're there for another three or four hours and then it starts to get kind of chilly. So, yeah, you never you never know with that one. And it's a risk with with no control over it. You have no control over which one you're going to no, get. No, you can't. Absolutely not. And everyone thinks they know. Oh, don't sit in the, yeah, don't don't sit sit in the front. front. Don't sit in the don't back. Sit in the I back. sat everywhere. Oh, yeah. No, no, it doesn't matter. You get matter. soaked. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah. I don't ever have to go on that ride again. Ever. I mean, I will probably will because I want to see the Tiana stuff. But Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. You got to. I, I really, like, I have anxiety right now thinking about going on that ride and getting soaked and it so just pissing me off. So you don't want to go there next month. For the last day, and then go down saluting on your way. Your way <laughs> no, down. I could I could yeah. not care less. Do a, a, okay. a twenty-one okay. racism salute to uh, <laughs> to, <laughs> to Song, Song of the, of the South. South. Yeah, no, no, I don't know what that looks like, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's not good. Though, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'll go on it. I still like it, but the way you feel about that is the way I feel about Garden to the Galaxy with uh, Tower of Terror. Yeah. I, yeah. I, thinking about going on that ride gives me anxiety. Mm. It makes my skin absolutely crawl. And I get that, but but I would go on that and, ten times before. And someone I go on told me they're like, I forget who it was, but they were like, "Oh man, the way that they've redone the motion on this, it's so much better. They it use is. it, they use it better." I'm like, "Cool, I want to go on it less now." Thanks, because I don't. That's what I don't oh. like about the ride is all of the motion, like the up and down, the jerky. Yeah, I don't oh. like that. That's what I don't like. It's like the drop. Like you don't know when you, when you're going to drop. You I don't, don't know when it's over. Yeah. I don't want that. But you I prefer w- the steady motion of the Little Mermaid. When you slowly glide past, oh yeah, I mean, it's it, going. It took me a few like times to get used forth. to that. Yeah, for sure, going backwards in the water, it's you know hard. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Um, let's let's uh, we'll we'll lessen the the difficulty next. Yeah, time. thank you. Yeah. Uh, so you guys know that uh, you know Bob Iger is is literally raining blood throughout the Disney company, firing up to seven thousand people. Uh, but apparently he's also elevating certain people because there is a first ever chief brand officer that has been named. Oh, wow. Yeah. This person will be responsible for, quote, and I want you to listen to this, stewarding and elevating the Disney brand globally across the entire ecosystem of company touch points and consumer experiences. Wow. That sounds like an enormous job <laughs> and somebody that could get fired very easily. Company touch points <laughs> and consumer experiences. That sounds like a fall guy kind of title. Yeah, basically. Like, like that guy's uh, going to get in trouble for yeah. or girl for everything and anything that happens. It seems very nebulous. It seems like purposefully unclear mm-hmm. as to what what's a company touch point. What consumer experiences is the ecosystem going to be supporting? What does this mean? I don't know what this means. It means the next time you have a complaint, you have a title you need to ask for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. There you I don't go. want your manager. I don't want their manager. <laughs> I don't want their director. I want the I chief want. brand want the officer. Yeah, the CBO, the chief of body odor. <laughs> it, it, it seems sort of like this role could have been avoided had Disney just been a lot cooler to its employees. And that's kind of it. You know what I mean? And then, like, uh, there, there's a, a few, you know, political guffaws across the world, like the Uyghurs in China, uh, you know, the whole uh, don't say gay bill in Florida that still, you know, r- ripples are still echoing through um, all these employees who want, you know, better health care and better wages and all this kind of, uh, there's all this kind of stuff that could have been happening that, that could have elevated the Disney brand 
that I don't think that they need. This guy just seems like a PR position mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, no, we're cool. We're going to push how cool we really are to everybody in all our social media channels. See, I didn't think of it like that mm. at all. So that's interesting that that's your take on it. Yeah. I, I just hear it as like this person needs to make sure that we are following the Disney family brand across everything that we do. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Who knows? Uh, Bob Iger announced that Disney's president of marketing, Asad Ayaz, will step into the new role of chief brand officer. Ayaz will also continue his role as president of marketing for the Walt Disney Studios. So this man is getting a double dose. Wow. Quote, Asad is an exceptional creative leader with a deep understanding of what Disney means to millions of people around the world, Iger said. His taking on the role is particularly noteworthy and consequential as we commemorate our historic 100th anniversary, and I'm confident that his strategic, operational, and creative prowess, along with his profound passion for Disney, will make him an outstanding steward of our stories, characters, brands, and franchises. That was one entire sentence. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> From his taking on the role to brands and franchises was one entire sentence. So... Good job on the job. weird sentence. Ayaz, as the new chief brand officer, will oversee the development and implementation of brand marketing campaigns that use the company's content and consumer experiences. He will also partner with other both up with others both inside and outside the company, provide guidance for digital and social media strategies. There we go, and lead global consumer research and analytics efforts. Analytics. Nerd. That's all I hear. Yeah, just nerd stuff, man. So, I like analytics. So oh, you're no. be, wait. <laughs> you're going to be digging into social media. You're making sure like when the best time to post, who's reacting to this what campaign or whatever. And that's the kind of marketing I just I, I can't vibe with. I don't really like it. Apparently I do. An 18-year Disney veteran, Ayaz has developed and led marketing campaigns for some of the most successful film releases in history, including Star Wars The Force Awakens, Marvel Studios Black Panther, and the global phenomenon Avatar The Way of Water. I, I got to tell you. I have not seen any marketing for Avatar The Way of Water. I mean, maybe like some commercials on the Super Bowl. It's about it. Like, I don't really think that that would be a, a shining example of, of of a successful marketing campaign. But yeah. So there you I go. I guess if you go uh, earlier today, I went to news. Let's see. News. News.disney.com. And uh, Avatar is still up there from a December 26th. Uh, post 2022 <laughs> you know see you wow. trying to tell me that that's a good marketer get out of town it's the most recent december 22nd though or mm. 26th there yeah. you go yeah right, let's get in some trailers here first of all disney debuts trailer for epic movie event first of all this is from uh, the walt disney company.com you can't call your own product epic. You you can't do it. That's a very <laughs> boomer thing to do. You can't you absolutely cannot do it. You have I to mean, let other even people just call. using the word epic is pretty boomery. It's pretty epic. Yeah, I feel like back in 2010, that was just we all came together as one consciousness and realized that epic was not a cool word to use anymore. Yeah. It, mm. But tell that to uh, who wrote this? Can't doesn't say. Tell that to this person. <laughs> Today, Disney released a brand new trailer for the epic movie event Peter Pan and Wendy. The studio's live-action reimagining uh, will begin streaming April 28th exclusively on Disney+. Peter Pan and Wendy introduces Wendy Darling, a young girl afraid to leave her childhood home behind, who meets Peter Pan, a boy who refuses to grow up. Alongside her brothers and a tiny fairy, Tinkerbell, 
Yeah, thanks. Everybody knows who the tiny fairy you're talking about is. <laughs> Why don't you mention the brothers' names? Yeah. Why not? I don't know what's going on. Uh, she travels with Peter to the magical world of Neverland, which apparently Neverland is two words. Maybe I'm confusing it with Michael Jackson's Neverland, which I think was one. I thought they were I, both yeah, that's one your, word. But... That's where the confusion lies. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, there, she encounters an evil pirate, Captain Hook, and he embarks on a thrilling and dangerous adventure that will change her life forever. Uh, this film stars Jude Law, Alexander Maloney, Ever Anderson, Yara Shalidi, Elisa, some, a bunch of people I don't know about. Jim Gaffigan. Cool. <laughs> That's a person you know about. Yeah. You want to watch it? Yeah. All right. Let's check out this trailer here. I thought you meant the, sh- the movie. Oh. <laughs> want to watch yeah. the movie? Dude? Here you go. Let's watch yeah, the I got movie. I got... Hey. Hey, you want to watch this movie? I got Disney Plus. Sure. There why you not? You have, I have Disney Plus too. Yeah. Weird. Not that weird. No, I guess you're right. Do I channel Jeremy and say that I am Disney Plus? <laughs> I am Disney Plus, dude. Oh, yeah. Apparently, speaking of, uh, you know, videos while I'm setting this up, apparently uh, someone apparently has been um, impersonating Lisa Land on Instagram. I saw oh, no. that. She like, did really? a vi- she, like, did a video about it, too. And now I just want to reach out to her because I think she's basically saying, like, I'm forced to now get on social media because this person is stealing my identity. Oh, and I I just kind of want to talk to her about that. I'm very curious about that. Yeah. I think yeah. it's weird. We should. Yeah. We kind of came around like we, after a couple videos, we all kind of liked her. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> she's very genuine. She's very genuine. All right, here Maybe we go. Maybe she could be the new Bev. Peter Pan and Wendy. I don't know if anybody could be the new Bev. I don't want to grow up. I want things to stay the way they are. Can't stop time, Wendy. Whether you like it or not. It's very dark. The tone is very dark already. Yeah. It's like a metaphor for my life. Gotcha. <laughs> you were flying. A little bug did it. I don't know if you were flying so much as hovering. She is a fairy. Stab John. I know, it looks like it. Someone else. The line delivery from Peter Pan is awful. Neverland. Is this everything you dreamed of? I could never have dreamed of this. What is this place? No rules, no schools, no bedtimes, and most of all, no growing up. Are you Wendy? Tiger Lily. Peter. 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 Captain, it's Peter Pan. Damn, you're gonna hit with the door. Never say his name. Don't touch my brother! Miss me? Just like old times. All your times are old, Captain. Damn. <laughs> Got his ass. Come on! Everyone hang on! Did you hear that? That is one big. Grow up might just be the biggest adventure of all. Yeah, I don't know, yeah, you're man. Right about that, Wendy. It sounds bad. I, it, I think it actually looks really good. Really? You yeah. think that looked good? Oh, I, cut, I, I didn't like it. Okay. I didn't I hope like they it. They upgrade some of the CGI before the final cut. I thought it looked yeah. good. I thought it looked. Yeah. Um, the old, my only real thing was like 
it looks too scary for like young kids, but I guess it's Maybe. not for young kids. So No, it's for adults. Yeah. Maybe teens. I, don't, I thought it looked I don't good. No. I actually kinda I, wanna watch it. I didn't Who like is the audience. I didn't like the um it seemed like well, a teen a teen drama for sure. But it's um, not teenagers. That's the thing. It's like children. So like that's It doesn't matter. It doesn't, ha- that doesn't have to be I think the the situations and the the way that like they're talking about growing up and, you know, that's like your your pivotal, you know, puberty moment, basically, you know, 13 to 15. I think that's the, the you know, the, and, and then adults. Right. But just uh, the few pieces of line delivery that they gave Peter Pan in that trailer were just sort of delivered weird. And Wendy seems to be the more driving motivator than Peter Pan. I don't know. I just it, it, she's it, more interesting. I do have anyway. a question for she's you. She's got an emotional arc. When was the last time you watched Peter Pan? I don't know, man. Because in Peter Pan, Peter Pan himself does kind of talk weird. I think even in the cartoon, his line delivery, if you can call a cartoon having line delivery, seems sure you can. Of course odd. You can. Well, I mean, speaking weird and having a weird inflection versus like just delivering lines very boringly and droll, I think it's different. But I don't know, man. I don't know. Look, what do, we, what do you want from me? I, I'm not too enthusiastic about it. But that's okay. I don't have to be. I don't have to like everything. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, here's, here's what I really you like. Yeah, here's what I really want to watch. Okay. This is the new trailer for the Muppets Mayhem, which is Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. And uh, we're going to watch it. Please enjoy. The Mayhem? They taught Molly Crew how to shred and party. They tattooed their name on me when I was passed out. What? These guys go hard. I was in college the first time I saw the Mayhem play. So it's like I a, grew up idolizing Dr. T. Look, like it's a documentary. Just to be like him. Say cuckoo coo coo Well, we got a little sidetracked by the 80s. It's an odd premise that they For never sure. recorded an album. By <laughs> Two, three, yeah. four. I'm Nora Singh from Waxtown Records. I would love to help you make an album. Well, all right. Nora? What's happening? I think Animal digs you. I dig the animal as well. I've been waiting my entire life for an Electric Mayhem album. Finally, somebody is making it happen. Okay, it begins. Daba, yeah. Very good, Animal. <laughs> Let's say we bring the old school and you bring the new. How about a hot music collab, huh? I think Animal's all ready to lay down our jump track. That was perfect. What? What? I don't think the band is digging any of this. It is so hot, I'm gonna pass out! You feeling this? Yeah. We did it! See? Happy. They're always happy. Wee. Watch. Hey guys, look. I got a fork. Hey. <laughs> you showed us there's a whole world beyond the mayhem. It's trending. You did this. With one tweet, you started beef with all of music. <laughs> and our vengeance shall be swift. I like this show. Lots of drama. Let's get back to you doing what you do best. I'm ready to roll with it. Look well, good, because we're ready to rock with it. We're gonna rock. <laughs> Welcome to the mayhem. Rock on. We're more than just a band. We're a family. Rock that was Cheech and Chong, by the way. Is that a vacuum? Thank you. Doesn't get any weirder than that, am I right? You know it. And Weird Al. 
Fallout See this duel. camera? Okay, do not look into this camera. Action. Kevin Smith. Talk about a cliffhanger. Disney Plus is gonna love this. <laughs> Everybody watch. <laughs> uh, look, man, I don't know. Um, I wish it was better, but I'll still watch it. I thought it looked great. I wanted to like it a lot more. Sorry, Eric. I don't know if you were saying anything. I turned you down. Um, I wanted to like well, it a lot thanks. more than I did. I was like really pumped to, to to like it, and then I don't know, man. It seems kind of soft. What didn't you like? It seems soft for what it could have been. I don't know. I just. What did it, you expect? I don't know. I like what? Like I just. I guess I'm just curious. Like what? I can't say I don't know anymore. I, I have no idea what I expect. Okay. The Muppets have always featured modern and out of modern celebrity references, and I, I'm kind of looking forward to going. I know that old person, and yes. I don't know who this young person is. Yeah, I mean, in in that clip, they had um, Tommy Lee from Motley Crue. Right. They had a little Nas X. Uh, I'm sure. That, I think there was a Lizzo. Taylor. Yeah, they had Lizzo in there. They had a Taylor Swift reference. She wasn't in it, but there was yeah. a reference. Um, <laughs> Weird Al, of course. Whatever. So yes, it, it they they span everything, and that's cool. And I think that's great. You're right. They've always done that. The Muppet Show has always done that. But I don't know. Is it a show or a movie? It's a show. Okay. I will see it. Hopefully it's better because, you know, there's a lot of times when you see a trailer and it's not the best. Either either they're not showing the best or it's different cuts or whatever. So I'll still watch it because I did smile a couple parts and I did laugh at a couple parts. So I, I, you know, I want, there was a a part with um, Animal and there was like a synth, a drum synth, maybe like an 80, you know, 808 or whatever, right? Right. And uh, he's like, all right, Animal's ready. And like pushes the button. He's like, that's it? (laughs) I think it's funny. So, I, I, I liked it. I think, I, you know, it, the, they do really well on shows, I think, when they do shows. Yeah, except the ones that have been canceled. No, those were yeah. still great. Yeah, I know. I liked them, too. That was my favorite. Chip is my favorite character of anywhere all time. Oh. That's not actually true. But I love Chip so, <laughs> so much. I agree. But, you know, just to make a point, they didn't really utilize Chip for years until that show. Well, I didn't know he existed till that show, so See, that's well, my there reference. You go. But, there you go. But the, my point is, them ending a show is because people are stupid, not because the show's bad. Because that show was fantastic. I forget I even what it was called, but it was like The Office, but Muppets. Yeah, I forget what it was called, but I loved it. I did. I don't yeah. have to remember what it, I, I. You can. My favorite song. Don't even know what it's called. It <laughs> 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 I mean, was just, almost a Terran thing. <laughs> just being honest. <laughs> How do you not? I'm just saying you don't have to remember the name of things to know that you love them. I'm surprised I even remember Chip's name. But your favorite, your favorite thing. It's like if I forgot your name. Oh, I'm your favorite. No, I said it like. Comparatively, right? Maybe you're just not good at remembering things. Eric, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Taryn, I forgot what you did, but I Glad loved to be it. Here. Yeah, <laughs> I loved no matter what, no matter what it was that you did. I loved it. I think I talked. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I appreciate it. Uh, do me a favor. Please go over to YouTube right now. Uh, I think it's Slash Ears Up or whatever. And subscribe to us on YouTube. That would help out a lot. You don't really have to watch anything, although you can if you want to. Oh, should um, I like and subscribe? Yes, you right should now. definitely slam that like button. Yeah. Uh, like and subscribe to us on YouTube. That would be cool. And then, um, you know, of course, our other shows like Bantha Milk and Puny Pod and Supreme Resort and Scraping the Ball and all the shows that the uh, network brings to you. And if you want to support us, 
really monetarily go to patreon.com slash ears up and subscribe for as little as two bucks a month but at five bucks you get stuff and so I was telling Eric before the, here, let me turn this music off. Uh, before the show, I was talking to Eric a little bit about the Pyramid Eye of the Ears, that show I've been talking about for like eight months now, since at least June or July, about Walt and the Nazis. I finally decided to get back into it. I was like, okay, I'm nice. gonna, I, I need to release this. I just wasn't confident enough with it, but I think I'm at a good place with it. So I open it up, open the file up, and uh, everything's there except the middle part of the podcast. So apparently at one point when I was like changing over hard drives and stuff and clearing out my cache and clearing out all the old files i deleted the main part of the recording that i used for that show so i had the beginning and had all the music all the segues and whatever right and i had the end but i didn't have this big chunk in the middle so i had to re-record it yesterday i didn't finish but i did a good chunk of it now i'm editing that so i am working on it and it i'm hoping it's going to be up by next week over oh, on wow. patreon nice and i'm pretty proud of it i think it's really neat it's a nice little um Sort of a departure, I guess, but it's like examining that those tropes of like, oh, well, Walt was a secret Nazi sympathizer because of this, this, this and that or whatever. So I try to take context of Hollywood in the 20s and 30s and put it into and apply it to, you know, sort of Walt's situation and uh, and these little anecdotes that people sort of refer back to and say, oh, well, Walt, well, you, because of this thing, Walt was a Nazi sympathizer. He hated Jewish people. It's like, well. Here's why that could have happened. It's a better reason than Walt just hated Jews. Like, that's just the dumbest thing to say. So, I don't know. I like it. I think it's cool. It's not 100% Disney, but it's definitely a fascinating look at Hollywood in the 30s. Cool. Yeah. So, Patreon supporters, check that out. It'll be coming do, soon. Do I get that for free because I'm on the show? I can say, I can email it to you, sure. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I should make you okay. sub for five bucks for like one month. <laughs> Pay me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Pay me for your stardom. Can we negotiate? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, man. I'd love to send it to you. I would negotiate if I were you. Yeah. All right. All right, everyone. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I appreciate it. And uh, until next time, we'll see you in the parks.